everyone. Welcome to our season finale episode of Scraps. It's your podcast where we bring you the stories of brilliance in science and innovation. Today's episode is a very special one. We thought we'd try something different. Usually you hear us talking to a guest or two in our episodes. And unlike every other episode we've had, except for the very first one, we decided that we're going to speak directly to you today, to our audience. And it's important for quite a few reasons, which we'll cover in the next few minutes. With that, here is Arun, my partner in crime. How are you feeling, Jojo? It's been quite a journey, isn't it, over the last eight months or so? I can't believe it's been eight months. That's crazy. It's yeah. It's amazing. I think I think our first episode went online end of August, and uh, um, yeah, it's it's been thirty six episodes later. Um, apart from our our own, I think it's been quite a bit. Are you sick of me yet? And Not- how crazy have I driven you? <laughs> Not not yet. You got to work a little harder on that. How about how, how about you? You still doing okay? Yeah, everything's good. It's been fantastic. I think the I just thought we are never going to do anything more than two or three. Uh, I just thought nobody was ever going to listen to you and I. Hey, two what or do three. I know, right? You had us such low expectations. I mean, I thought at least a you know five. You know, the good thing about low expectations is that there is only one way to go, which is up. Uh, I mean, honestly, I I did not. I wish my parents had embraced that. (laughs) I honestly did not think we were going to last that long. But hey, I mean, I think either what we are actually putting out is good enough uh, or good for people to listen to or that it is so different that people are actually coming back to consume more. And I think the numbers are just increasing at this point of time. Um, we initially started off with around kind of 20 episodes a day, downloads a day, but now we're kind of touching close to kind of 50 to 60 episode downloads a day across the whole spectrum. So it's it's been very, very rewarding, isn't it? Yeah, you and you found the stat where we're in the top 10% of all science podcasts? That, yeah, that's a shock. Beat that. Yeah, <laughs> it's you know what you can slice and dice data to make it tell you any story you want to hear, but I'll, I'll I'll take this at face value. I'm I'm good with that. Hey, I did not cook any of that data. It was as is <laughs> present. I, I that's exactly why I took a screenshot and I posted it on LinkedIn and Twitter uh, just so that people can actually see it. Um, nothing, no dressing up. There was nothing. Uh, that was different. It was as is when I just typed in the name of the podcast into the into the ranking uh, website, and that's exactly what it told me. So it's kind of like stepping on the scale every morning. You you know it it adjusts expectations and tells you what you need to do for the day. Yeah, I I, I gave that up a long time ago. Anyway, sadly, I I have not. Well, yeah, no, we're not going there. We're not going to go there. So what I I know I've I've been able to learn quite a few things, I think, from this whole experience. And I know you've picked up, you've really kind of, you dove headfirst in some of the technical aspects too. You're now a a fully fledged producer. So you're helping me not sound like a 12 year old. Thank you. I appreciate it. Well, what can you say? Uh, I think you just got to chop the wood and, and fetch the water, right? As you, as you have to do when, if you're living in a hut. So you might as well just do that. I think I'm going to go live in a van down by the river with Matt Foley. Yeah. What a journey it's been. I think, as we said, we did not think we were going to cross anything more than two or three episodes. But now 
just in our first season uh when we thought we would probably stop with a probably certain episode of around 8 or 10 things just come kept coming i mean it kept coming and just in our first season between august and december we did freaking 23 guests in 23 episodes back to back uh and that was such an amazing feeling um and i think i'm so proud of the fact that not a single topic is a repeat uh, or a redo uh, of a certain topic every single episode has actually been a very very different flavor to it um i i like i like that we've been able to to cover kind of a full range from every everything where you and i are most comfortable where we've sort of grown up professionally in in neurotech and then just hairbrained ideas like psychopaths and human composting things that aren't part of my daily life i i've i've enjoyed that quite a bit too but i think that that's that's actually a very conscious effort isn't it from our side because we just said look we have the option based on our day jobs to be very specific very niche and everybody says it right when you go and look up uh, when you want to create a podcast you can google this and everybody will say the best ones are the ones that actually stay very niche and you have to kind of cultivate your audience and stuff and we were like heck with that idea i think we 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 probably will use our network here to kind of get the word out and see if people will come to listen but we are actually going to be pretty bold and we are actually going to try kind of the various um ideas here so to speak and uh with that in mind i think i think it's probably kind of time to actually go back after kind of two seasons and 36 episodes later just to go back and see if the goalposts have actually shifted from what we laid down in the very first episode when you and I were talking like this or if it actually um has just stayed the same and and there is just so much content and narratives that we actually have to provide to the area that did not exist do you want to go back and do that jojo uh sure i think um in terms of 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 where the goal posts were and where they are now i feel like we've we've done a decent job of um kind of pulling out some of the stories that maybe you and i have known personally because of our affiliations with with the guests that we've had on um but i i think we've also done a a lot to make people more accessible like people that are seemingly inaccessible have have shown vulnerabilities um which i think is pretty cool what do you think is is have we stayed true to or or missed yeah i mean i think this is something that i don't think i even shared it with you right even when the very beginning when we started talking about doing this together um you're keeping secrets from me of course of course all the time all the time <laughs> what's life without secrets um i think the the my basic feeling uh was that i'm anyway a renegade by by my kind of outlook in science and an outlook in life and i just saw all through kind of my experience of kind of moving between countries and and moving dif- between cultures etc that the world is changing right i mean i think the india that i grew up in is an india that i don't recognize anymore uh and the the society that i kind of got educated in is not the same that that is right now in the US and 
And then I've kind of lived my life, uh, my professional life here in the UK. So I think the world is changing and it's changing in a big way. And science, which was always in any field of science per se, I think it was always this perception a few years ago that you got to be in the big boys club, you, especially in academia. It's like you got to be in the big boys club. You got to kind of schmooze your your um, your kind of grant uh, reviewers. And, and the same thing holds true in industry, right? You got to kind of ensure that you're always sort of a good corporate citizen to kind of move. And therefore, um, and there was, as a result of that, the way people consumed information was always regimented and i was sick and tired of that right i mean i think people are also sick and tired of it and i think when you go to conferences conferences are great when you when you want to get your word out and almost every conference there'll maybe one or two abstracts or two presentations that will catch your eye but the rest of the times is just mundane right you just go there to meet people and i just said there should be some way to actually change the way we consume information and then just like everything in life, there is just three things, three critical questions, um, be it in professional life or in personal life. What do we do? Why do we do it? And what can you show for it? Um, I think we can all answer it. Uh, but really, how many times at any given conference that a trainee can actually go up to a scientist or if somebody says at a party that I'm a scientist, I mean, I've actually had this and they would just ask me a dumb question. How many times... Do people actually kind of either answer it very in a genuine way to make people understand, or they basically kind of give them a very superfluous answer and then shoo them away without actually shooing them away? I think that's that's pretty common. I think, and in a society where we live in, information should be democratized. And I think um, as you grow from academia and you move to industry and you kind of become a startup kind of entrepreneur, etc., stories become important. And yet people are never trained to tell stories. I mean, it's always about obeying a specific regimen in, in terms of reporting what you do. So that's why we just thought we'll make stories and narratives about going back to the three questions that we kind of said. And you can probably go back and listen to every guest's interview. We'd always sort of covered what you do, why do you do it, and what can you show for it? I mean, and what can you show for it can actually be in different ways. Um, and you're actually sipping, is that lemonade or mezcal already this early <laughs> in the morning in California? It's 1030 in the morning. It's water with lemon. Uh, too bad, later. Too um, but honestly, I think people just talk about kind of dry signs and, and you will also find podcasts like this is true of, of many different things where there'll be a science journalist reporting on something, interviewing somebody, and somebody just gives a very fantastic explanation as if that was the best thing since sliced bread uh, on, on any given science podcast. And then everybody goes on their own way. Some people remember it. Most people don't. But really, when you meet somebody, it's the stories of the people that makes it memorable. So the question is, if you, as we said at the very beginning, if you're a student, if you want to figure out why you want to work for somebody, you want to work for a nice person. And most people don't work at least in industry where I come from, most people never work for a company. They always work for a boss. If the boss is crappy, they will move on to the next thing. So therefore, the narratives become important. And I think this type of information that we kind of provide fills in a very important gap because people can't. That information is not accessible. And if you go and look up 
on YouTube and and any any podcast kind of apps etc such kind of information is always there in management and leadership in entertainment and marketing if 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 Tim Ferriss and Joe Rogan and those guys can actually talk about it i mean why do scientists actually have to be left out why does science have to be left out i mean are we just kind of people who just have no emotions whatsoever i think that's no, the I reason why we kind of wanted to change it right yeah well and and i think i've enjoyed a, a a certain degree of freedom because i don't have a traditional boss i mean i do but she's awful i mean god she's horrible oh i just had a chat with her yesterday and she was absolutely horrendous she just <laughs> wanted to put you through the mill actually uh yeah she's got to got to work on that one but but i think having this very non-traditional role within the field of neurotech is I have the freedom to say really cheeky things and put a little flavor into things because life's too short to just live nothing but dry science. And I think that's part of why some of the, the, the bigger podcasts that speak to general audiences don't focus a lot on science because it's hard to make very technical, exciting science accessible to the general population. So we have our speakers that are, phenomenal when they're when they're delivering their messages to um a primed audience you know people with experience and backgrounds in neuroscience or biology or engineering but then to take that same person and have them describe what they've done to somebody who is a creative arts teacher or a historian or a policymaker outside of neurotech it it takes a much different skill set and i think that um, it's impossible to expect everybody to be able to, to speak to both audiences all the time. But when you can get just one little nugget, like Warren Grill explaining that, um, a mom rubbing the back of a child who stubbed its toe or skinned his knee, it, there's actually a physiological reason for doing that. And I was thinking about that the other day when I saw a little kid just face plant, on the concrete. I'm like, oh, it's just intuitive that the mom rubs her back and, or it rubs his back. And now I know why, because Warren Grill made that accessible to me. And so I, I think even if we just find little pieces along the way and, and, and make it accessible, I think the, the other one too, that is phenomenal in this field at um, showmanship and, and making this information accessible is Greg Warcourtine. Watching him speak is pretty pretty exciting and i think he's um he's mr rolex for a reason <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, and and i think for us um i think the biggest surprise uh and also the most kind of the biggest adrenaline kick that i actually get about this and i think we talk about it all the time is really just using this platform through our guests and through the questions and through the interactions we have to put our reputations on the line. I mean, the thing is, there are so many people who will actually just do their jobs and f do their fantastic signs and go their way, right? I mean, but sometimes I just think, why the hell did we actually decide to do this? One is we're crazy, which is a given. And two- You started it. Well, I did. And second one is also because of the fact that I think there is a big time- kind of whenever you start something new uh, i think and especially in a platform like this where you take an information and then you put it out you just don't know 
what is going to come back to you. Because if you are writing a scientific paper, you know there's a process. You know your reviewers are going to be hard on you, depending on the journal and depending on the grant and study section and everything else. And same thing holds true in industry, depending on the boss and your hierarchy and all of that. You're prepared for it. But here, it's like, I just don't know. I mean, we just don't know. If you're putting out an episode on a particular topic today, we have no idea of how people are going to respond to it. And that kick that you get, like that that, that letting go of the fear of, of that unknown is being very, very liberating to me. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's, it's, just, it's just something where I think we, it's, it's kind of, I think it just comes in the process of like, we just want to push ourselves even more every time we do a different episode. And I think we could probably see that in the tone of our voices and the type of interviews that we have done as well, that it kind of shows that we are able to push ourselves and push our guests a bit more. And hopefully the listeners actually see it. And and uh, one, they hopefully thank us for it. And two, uh, they probably feel like we're actually asking them the questions that that they probably never knew, or if they knew the person, at least they hope that we're actually asking the questions that that they did not have a chance to ask. And and that to me is success. And I hopefully we've done that quite a bit here. I, I, I hope so. And and I think the other thing too is just sort of humanizing everybody. Um mm. I'm like I mean I sit through all of the scientific presentations at the conferences and I don't know enough about the science and technology to know that I should be afraid of this person or intimidated by them. Um, you know, I think Thomas Stieglitz was maybe one that I knew in advance was sort of, he was my white whale and, and intimidated me and you sit down and talk to him and have lunch with him. And he's just the kindest, most, um, accessible person. And, and I imagine that, that when faced with the opportunity to engage with a thought leader, um, in any field that it's intimidating. And, and fortunately I don't, I don't know enough about their, their, the quality and, and depth of their work, uh, to be intimidated. So, you know, I get to just treat them like some other person at the bar. Yeah. I will tell yeah. you w- one person who, who still intimidates me and I've, I've heard everything to the contrary, but I haven't had the chance to really meet her and, and talk to her yet is Paulina Anakiva. So it, <laughs> she, I, I'm I'm dying to to just to break down that roadblock in my head because everybody just says she's an amazing mentor and a, and an amazing scientist and engineer. So I that's my that's my goal for this year. How about that? If if anybody knows Paulina and uh, and if or if Paulina is listening, I think Paulina, we would love to have you on the show just to break that barrier uh, in Jojo's mind. <laughs> And we can talk about fun stuff too. I mean, that, that that that's almost a sidebar, to be honest. So, Paulina, you're welcome anytime. Just just reach out yeah. to us, and and if not, we'll probably do that as well. Yeah, I'll, I'll grow some cojones and do it myself. So, I think just in the spirit of being really spontaneous, Jojo, I think you and I should basically take turns here to randomly pick from the 36 episodes or 36 guests that we have interviewed so far. I think we should really pick a couple of examples. And we're just going to define our impressions um, of that episode so that people who are listening, in case they haven't listened to all of those, I think at least they have a chance to go back and listen to them and catch up uh, on these episodes here. So can we actually just go back and pick a few guests at random uh, and then see what each other feels? Do you want to go first or should I go first? 
You go first, because you really have caught me off guard with this one. Go for it. So let's actually go to one of our highest downloaded episodes in the first week since it came out. And somebody, I think, who who you did not know before we actually interviewed uh, the the guest, which was uh, Bob Hamlin. Uh, Tell me in a sentence as to what caught you off guard and why should people actually listen to that show if they already haven't? Um, I think that the, the Hamlin episode, um, exposed me to an area of science where I don't get a lot of exposure. So it was a great way, um, to hear more about your background. Um, which I know the show is supposed to be about Dr. Hamlin, but I, I, I got in into a lot more with, with your background. Um, I think, gosh, I don't, I, hmm. he was just so inviting and so open and he, he didn't know me from Adam, but he was willing to tell me anything and everything we wanted to know, which I thought was exactly to the point we were just making that, that, everybody really is for the most part completely approachable and accessible yeah and i think it's also the fact that he brought the whole area of drug safety right i mean i think i think the fact that that is something that people actually don't usually talk about it's always a case of does the drug work or does the vaccine work or whatever right it's never about is it safe and i think he painted a very good picture that safety is actually kind of um, an area that people are still grappling all the time. And it's an evolving, living, breathing area in the field of, of research and, and discovery of new medicines here. So that's one. Why don't you go I, with another guest? Well, well, I think before that, though, because the drug safety thing, actually, the the timeliness of that and the vaccine and all of the questions that people have about how rushed is the vaccine how how do we know it's safe? How do we know that, you know, it's fine for the first six months and then we're all going to develop a third leg, you know, a year from now? Um, so I think having him address the the drug safety issue and, and for the more lay audiences, understanding or putting out that foundation that there really are safety measures in place that the typical, I don't know, consumer doesn't even think about. So... I just wanted to throw that in there too. Yeah. Um, I think, all right. How about Kate Rosenbluth? She was, she was, I mean, I, I have known her tangentially for a while and I, I know a lot of her team members, but her, her journey um, and some of her experiences just kind of blew my mind. I had no idea what to expect with that one. I think it speaks to how diverse one has to be and how people can actually do many different things. But somehow, as in life, there are different parts of your life that you actually get to pull at various points, depending on what you're doing. I think Kate is a fantastic example of that, uh, kind of pulling the levers when you need to and pulling the right levers when you need to. Uh, I think that that is a fantastic episode where 
we got to hear about her personal journey, her moving from being an engineer to gene therapy to engineering to what is now her a fantastic company that she's kind of uh, leading with with her CEO or she was the CEO and she's leading with her with another uh, kind of woman as well in Renee uh, at Callahell. So yeah, fantastic story. Uh, one that definitely people should pick up. And her mentor was Andy freaking Grove. I mean, yeah. that, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. You're like, oh yeah, Andy, this, Andy, that. I'm like, oh yeah, just just a guy. Just, you know, no one special, just my mentor. Yeah. What about Kit? Kit Parker. Love that one. I still, I, I go back and listen to that sort of when I need a, a pick-me-up. It's, it's a combination of a pick-me-up and a kick in the butt. And he's got that perfect blend of drill sergeant and neurosurgeon, you know, scientist and engineer and, and artist all in one. And, and you kind of wonder how that mix happened. You kind of wonder how did somebody achieve such, such direction and discipline Combined with creativity and technical knowledge, all in one package, and plus barbecue. And how many times that you actually hear a Howard professor saying that we are just doing training people all wrong? I mean, that that yeah. that is a revelation, right? I At mean, how Harvard. many times do yeah. people actually accept that in the first place? Yeah, no, that one's. I, I love listening to that one. That one always picks me up. So what are we doing next? Why why are we doing a season wrap up here then? Oh. Well, I think I think we've kind of you and I have both kind of put out little nuggets on social media about what direction we're going. But we haven't really talked about what it will be. And it's it's turned into quite a big project. And I think we're looking at a, a full-blown series and it, yeah. it it's going to be unlike everything we've done before. So should I let out a bit more or should I just keep it all in until until the big just reveal? Just a little bit. Okay. All right. Well, let's try. Um, so uh, as you probably kind of are hearing from us that we like to go crazy um, from time to time. And especially on this one, we both have loved the the big kick that we get on putting things out without actually knowing how it's going to be received, but still doing the work to make it appealing and and make it kind of consumer friendly in terms of the content um so i think buoyed on by what we need to do in terms of story and storytelling in science which is a massive massive gap because people see things as black or white scientists are are wired to see it as black or white and hopefully we've kind of unpicked a few of those or almost in every episode or every interview we've kind of picked out the 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 gray areas of what it means to be a person uh and in science um science um i sometimes make the mistake of saying science uh it's science um and that, that's actually my kind of cheekiness come th- coming through but anyway i think it's really goes down to the fact that we want to push it a bit more push the realms of storytelling in science a bit more so we at this point of time are taking a self-enforced break from interview-based podcast um for the next kind of um few months here but we're not no, going just anywhere just a few weeks just a few weeks just a few weeks just a few weeks exactly yeah. uh but in the meantime we are working on something that's massive and big in terms of creating 
our own kind of podcast series, uh, something like a very subject matter focused series without the science, without the dry science, but really focusing on the stories as to why something is going to be is transformational. And no, it is not neuromodulation. It is not bioelectronic medicines. That's the only thing that I'm going to say. And all of you will need to wait for that in the next couple of weeks here for the big reveal. And it is a story. Uh, the tagline that I can proudly say is that it is a story that has not been said in full. Um, and this is a this is an effort for us to change that, change the conversation uh, about people, about science, about something that has existed ever since we all lived uh, on the on this face of earth, uh, but never really paid attention to, or we've kind of misunderstood. But I think I've revealed too much. I think I should stop before Jojo kind of shoots me down through the internet here. Oh no! I was gonna say, if if anything else, I'll I'll put in a cheesy reference that we take it out of black and white and kind of move it into Technicolor. Oh yes, that's true. <laughs> that's very very true. All right, but that's cheesy. But I, no, this one has been great. We've got a lot of the interviews already done. I mean, a ton of interviews already done. A ton of research um, for which we need to thank Sharena Rice at Michigan. Um, she has been instrumental in helping us with this effort and she deserves a lot of credit. She's, she's really been, um, invaluable in, in working on this with us. So be sure and, and keep an eye out for that one. She's, she's doing some amazing things and she took time out of a really busy schedule to help us. That was awesome. But, um, some of the interviews that, I, that we've done are, are, have have been really amazing, fascinating. Everything from culture and history to mechanisms of action. It's I, I got to stop because otherwise I'm going to give it away. It it feels like a, a non sequitur. I think we do need to thank um, Swarna Solanki, who again another incredibly busy researcher, scientist, entrepreneur. Um, she's actually part of the Cleveland Neurodesign Fellowship, and she has jumped in to help us um, with a lot of the stuff that we should have been doing all along, um, but she's been doing a lot of, of post-production work for the show, um, which we're really grateful for, and, and she's another one to look out for to look out for and, and watch as she explodes into the field as she finishes her fellowship. Yeah. And the other person that we also want to thank is Romeo Ratch, uh, who is a fantastic um, engineer who works at, who was at the Crick Institute and now is working with one of our guests, Temis Prodromakis at University of Southampton. But Romeo, among all his other skills in, and capabilities, is actually helping us retool our our dinky website into something that is going to be a lot more professional and especially going into the podcast series. I think we, we owe it to him to actually do this uh, the proper way such that all of you can find us and find the relevant information as quickly as possible on your computers, on your mobiles, etc. cetera, uh, because we focus on the content. And if, if not for these wonderful kind of volunteers that we have uh, who get really interested and want to help. We wouldn't be able to do all of that. Yeah. Uh, one other person I want to mention too is Laden. Um, Laden Jerichek from Neural Implant Media. He's been very supportive. Um, a lot of people think that, 
you know, it's competition. Um, one, it's not at all. Laden covers neurotech in a much different way that we do. And he's got a tremendous amount of success. Um, and he's been very kind in, in bringing us along with some, some of his episodes. Um, so want to, want to say thanks to that and, and, um, take a listen to neural implant media's, um, podcast as well. He's doing great stuff over there. Hey, I think we also need to do one more thing. I think we've been pretty kind of diligent in asking our listeners to kind of like, subscribe, and share. I think I think our work so far has actually spoken for it uh, through the, the last few months and through the 36 episodes here. I think we're going to throw each of us a crazy challenge here, which is we're not going to ask our listeners here to kind of share or like or subscribe anymore. I think no more begging, no more begging. I think if you really like it, I think we've already said it that we cover science and stories about science in a way that other people don't. So I think we are making ourselves uh, kind of available and putting the stories out there for you to consume. So therefore you listen to us because we, what we provide is unique and it's free. So therefore, I think we are going to be it's a bit free? more. We're not about. charging for this. We're not charging. At some point of time, we need to start charging. We need to go to the freemium model <laughs> very, very soon. Uh, but for now, it's free. Um, and I think we're going to be bullish and we're going to kind of say from today, we're going to stop asking people to subscribe, like, and share. If you want to do the service, please go ahead and do it. And we absolutely thank you for it. You just did um, it again. Yeah, but but we're not going to do it from here on. So it's 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 done. <laughs> Starts now. Starts now, right this second. But I do, I, I do want to extend a, a sincere and and deep thanks to everyone who has listened. It's it's gratifying, it's surprising, um, and hopefully we can we can continue to serve and support you. Thanks for listening. All interviews and soundtracks you heard belong to Scraps, a brand jointly owned by Jojo Platt and Arun Sridhar. Our soundtrack was Digger by Acid Dan. And you can find their collections on all the music apps. It's Scraps with a K and Sparks spelled backwards. Yeah, 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 yeah.